Brotaku Meta Culture Games Weekly Episode 23, recorded June 23rd, 2020. I am one of your hosts, Aaron, joined as always by my good pal, Jordan. Hello. How's it going? Good to be back. Yeah, yeah we're, we're uh, back. Uh, what happened last week? Oh, last week was just busy. And then this week, uh, Monday didn't work out well for us, so we're recording on Tuesday. It'll go up Wednesday. But we're here. So two weeks ago is when we talked about this stuff, and I was having my air conditioner fixed just in the nick of time. Yeah, it's there's been a lot going on. It, it has been... I can deal with the hot, Jordan. I cannot deal with humidity. And that's what it's been like every day up until today. That's what it is. Every time so there it's the most... If you ever been to like a hot place like Arizona, it's just like in the desert. It's like that's fine. It's like that heat is completely fine. It doesn't the the degrees don't matter because like it could be like ninety six over there, which is what it was a lot uh, when I was over there last month. Um, and it it didn't feel. I worked in a kitchen. I opened up the oven, and that's what it feels like. It feels like an oven heat hitting you. So it's like a dry, it doesn't make you like sweat, but it like, it just heats things up a bit. It's a difference. It's not like, ah, uh, now I'm all sticky everywhere and I feel icky. Humidity f- literally feels like you're wearing like a second skin on yourself. Like it, it, it's weighty. It makes you feel heavy. And then you're like taking deep breaths. It's awful. Absolutely. So uh, kind of pivoting to other crappy things. So, my life's been going pretty great, Jordan. I got a promotion at work, you know. Hell yeah. Th- things are things are looking up. I go to the dentist today, four cavities. <laughs> four cavities. And, you know, I-, I already have bad enamel, and I drink way too much pop. But the thing that frustrates me about this is this past six months has probably been the, the best toothbrushing slash flossing of my life. Four cavities. I don't want to tell you, man. If you do... I mean, I drink, like, coffee and Diet Coke, and I don't get any cavities at all, like, ever. The yeah. only the only maintenance I need is, like, the filling, the one filling I got ever is the maintenance I keep up with. Well, and that's what's so unfortunate about it, because, I mean, yes, the price sucks. Luckily, I have insurance and stuff, so, like, yeah. it's not going to be as bad. It's still, I still was kind of like, wow, that's a little pricey, but uh, hopefully the, if my insurance runs the way it should, it should be less than they quoted me, but either way. Um, That's the thing too. I thought it, I I got something in the mail that I was like, oh, it's uh, hundred seventy dollars or whatever, like blah blah blah. And I was like, uh, I received one before this saying that the insurance covered the whole thing. So I don't know what the hell you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. I've said a cuss word twice. That's how you know it's been a while since we last recorded. I'm I'm going back to my old deviant deviant ways. Well, I'm just glad you said something because again, ha- having been a while. Didn't even pay attention, so I'm gonna have to listen to the first like two minutes of this podcast. Yeah, it was it was after you announced your your promotion. Okay, yeah. So th- <laughs> three minutes, couple cuss words. That's what we'll yeah. write down. Uh, it was uh, it was warranted. I will say. I I always like to say, once you start paying taxes, you're allowed to cuss in front of your parents. Oh my gosh! And, well. It, <laughs> Uh, we're we're getting way off subject, but Jordan, I I felt like I the day I knew the day I became a man. It's when I realized that my money gets taxed twice at least, at least <laughs> yeah. twice. It gets taxed when you get it. It gets taxed when you spend it. Mm-hmm. Yes. So that's why I 
my parents don't catch me as much anymore. I think my mom's the only one that will still give me, like, the look. But she knows that I only cuss in front of her when, like, some, like something's really upsetting me. But then you just then look she... her in the eyes and you're like, Linda, if you don't like it, you can leave my house. <laughs> I was that... like, I can just leave whenever I want. I'm not going to go to my room in your house. Like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jordan. Big... Basically, in the last two weeks, all that has happened are, like, video game shows. So, we've got a lot to catch up on. We're actually going to do the news a little differently today. Uh, We're just going to talk about the games that have been announced recently that we like. Because that'll be way easier than going through, like, (laughs) 18 different game shows. We're going to give away the Hollow Knight Piano Book, finally. I know the winner. Uh, We're going to revise our top five games that we're looking forward to in 2020. I did not have time to go listen and find out what our old ones were, so we'll just have to get the new ones in, and then I'll figure that out for next week's show. But first, Jordan, we'll start with always. What have you been playing, my friend? So I've been playing a lot of Monster Hunter World Iceborne again. And I think I can finally talk about it again. Because there's such a huge... uh, First of all, the frame rate difference between the PS4 and the computer are just literal worlds apart are you are you basically switched over now like you're caught up absolutely uh for the most part yeah i mean i you're you're caught up enough where like you don't like there would have to be something highly compelling to bring you back to the ps4 version that's that's what i was going to mention to you is the the catch-up mechanics that they implemented and and the differences between ps4 and pc so uh I started playing PC, and you know, you get used to the 60 FPS, and I, I knew that the, uh, I've known that the PS4 version, I believe, is 30. Um, and one day after we had a fight night uh, with a couple of our friends, I decided to try out one of the new monsters that someone has been talking about. It's, it's called this Raging Brachidios, and it's just, it's just like a, a bigger, more like boss version of one of the creatures that was already in the game uh, uh, two things one i almost couldn't play the ps4 version anymore that's how much of a difference the frame rates were it was like it, it it was one of those like game speed was related to like i was about saying especially in a game with precision timing like this yes i felt like i was goku and ultra instinct playing that 30 fps like i could but my body wasn't moving that fast, so I could see everything that was about to happen in, like, slow motion. And it was really, like, not off-putting, but almost sickening. Like, I almost felt sick playing that game. I was like, oh. It's like you're watching a video, and then it drops to, like, 480 after you were watching an HD. And you're like, oh, don't show me that. Don't show me 2005. Let's get that out of here. Let's let's put that somewhere deep and dark. Um, So... Besides the gameplay performances and stuff like that, on PC, uh, they had caught up. So there's it, usually it's like PS4 is like ahead, like the consoles are ahead of, of computer. Mm-hmm. It, we've reached a point where there's like a standstill where the PC is finally caught up to the PS4 on uh, on updates and stuff like that until the next update comes out. Which I don't know if it's going to release the them at the same time not that they've caught up or they're going to release the ps4 and then they're going to release the the computer but i digress um what i want to talk about is just like world of warcraft they made the catch-up mechanic in this game 
way too powerful. So I have there's a bit of shame here when I say this. I have about 1,200 hours in the base Monster Hunter game. Monster Hunter Whoa, game good, goodness gracious, papi. Yeah, most of that was just leaving it on, but I have to say uh, that's only about like 300 hours maybe of just leaving it on and doing something else because I used just... to have it on my computer. Like I used to have it on my computer monitor and I just switched it over. Uh, gotcha, yeah. But uh, there's inflation there, but not that much. It, it's still ashamedly about uh, a grant of hours inside of it. Now, I put about 200 hours into the PC version, and I'm already caught up with with power scaling. In fact, I believe I'm just as powerful, even more powerful, than I am on the PlayStation 4 version, which has a lot of grinding in it. I had, I had a, a hunting group, and we hunted a lot. Like, we would get off work, get on the, uh, get on the PS4, and just hunt together until like 11 o'clock uh starting at like seven uh, and we do that every day uh but i've already caught up in such a short amount of time because that monster i mentioned to you uh you only have to kill him like once or twice and then you have like the strongest weapon of that weapon type so like i use longsword and it took me a lot of hunting and farming to get a weapon up to the point where it was as powerful as just hunting this thing twice. So I was like, okay, well, I already get the best weapon in the, in the game, essentially, for this weapon type. Uh, now what do I do? Oh, he also offers, like, killing him offers the same arm, like, good armor type, too. So, okay, I'm already caught up with that, too. I'm already caught up in armor, and I'm already caught up in weapons. So now I need decorations, which just give you skills um, that you don't need to wear the armor set for. So let's say you have completely defensive armor pieces on. They have things called decoration slots where you can slide these decorations in and you can put whatever you want in. So it's like, oh, this is fully defensive build, but it has decoration slots inside of it so I can make it offensive. I can customize it the way I want it to. Uh, they also have an event quest because I believe it's because of the COVID uh, <laughs> uh, emergency just like they did with World of Warcraft. They right. made it so that there was this quest that you had to do. It's like, you got to fight this kind of tough monster, and then you you can get the best jewels in the game. What the if the monster the was game. COVID? Yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't like to say that, but... <laughs> <laughs> fight fight the COVID monster. And you get what, what, if I, what if I get added, like, a, a stipulation? Like, we're going to give you this good gear, but you got to stay six feet away from your teammates. <laughs> I mean, you do too. You want to stay away from them because you can trip them in the game, and that's irritating when you're in the middle of a big damage combo, and then your friend just hits you with his big sword, and he's like, ah, and then he knocks you out of it. And you're like, oh well, looks like I just got ruined. So yeah, the 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 catch up mechanic is so strong that Seth, when he played Monster Hunter Iceborne for the first time, like any Monster Hunter game, he put a lot of hours into it, and he's already done because there's in, in his eyes, there's nothing else for him to do because he's already got the best gear. He can already, like... The, the end of that game is, like, farming and speedrunning. Like, there's a definitive end to that game where it's, like, unless you're a completionist, which is, like, oh, I need to collect every armor set and every weapon. Right. Which is what I'm going for in that game because why not? Uh, different strokes for different folks. I get it. it exactly. Like, I, I eventually want to do a charity stream 
uh, with Monster Hunter World where I have like a roulette system of like, all right, beat this monster with this armor set with this weapon type. And because I could play all weapon types. So that's what I'm gearing towards, which gives me a goal. But he didn't have one, so he just stopped. Like, he stopped playing. He's done now until they release the new monster. So that's that's all I've been doing. Uh, I don't think I've played any game besides State of K with you guys. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, I only played I didn't with put you that once. on. I was about to say, I didn't put that on mine because, God, that was so long ago now. I need to get back into it. That's the only time I've played. Yeah, it, and it's super fun. Like, I've always thought it was fun, and the only reason why I never invited anyone to play it the first time I was getting seriously into it was because its multiplayer sucked. Like, constant uh, disconnections, constant lagginess, constant bugs. And this is just that example of if a game is awful in, in something on release, the bad rep will not let it recover. So yeah, very rare. Yeah, it's very rarely, uh, because Derek and and Matt were like, I don't know why I've never heard of this game. It's so much fun. Like I did. Why haven't I heard of this game? And I'm like, it's because the multiplayer for this game was god awful when it first released. That and and honestly, do you think some of it too? I mean, you get the like Xbox gets this rap that they have no good first party games, but like, I think they do. People just aren't willing to give them a shot. Yeah, that too, and I think they got a good system in place with their uh, with their Game Pass, anyways. Just gives you free games. I mean, why why not? Why don't you just try those games out? There's a lot of uh, uncut gems on release that were cut later that you should probably give another chance. Absolutely. Uh, Okay, so if that's what you've been playing, yeah, talk a little bit about what I've been playing. Um, I've been playing Pokemon Shield Expansion Pass, Jordan. Tell me a little bit about that, because oh. I haven't spoiled myself on a lot of it, but I'd, I'd be willing to make an exception. Seth said he only took, like, he didn't do it, but he saw people only took, like, seven hours. To yeah, go. I was about to say, I'm, I'm going to tell you about it. It took me about four or five, I, I, and I, I haven't finished everything, I should say. There are a couple small things, but I did finish... The main story, like I got a the end screen. So the whole point of this is, is you show up on the island of armor in this case, yeah. and that Avery person who gave you the slow poke, if you yeah. when they announce the expansion, uh, he's on the island, and everybody thinks you're there to train at this dojo. You're totally not. You just go there, and everybody thinks you're here to train at this dojo. And the first person that challenges you is Avery, so you whoop his butt. And when they said it was a he, there's like four characters in that game that I'm like, oh my god, they're dudes? <laughs> like, not that there's they're anything wrong cool. with their character design, but I'm just like, I wouldn't have guessed that unless you told me. But, um, so anyway, you whoop this guy's butt, and then you go to the dojo. And it's at this point that the game really starts to open up. Like I said... It's a Pokemon story. There's not too much to it. Uh, Story-wise, you like I said, you're not supposed to be at this dojo. The dojo master realizes this right away and then is like, whatever, you're here. Let's go off and go on our adventure. So when you get to the dojo, you're, he, he wants to ta- he tasks the students, all the students that are there, with completing three trials. And the winner of the trials gets the armor of the... Of the dojo 
So at this point, you just go off and you do some fetch quests, uh, stuff like, oh gosh, what were those first three? Oh, like he lets his slowpokes go off into the wild, and you gotta like catch these slowpokes. But his slowpokes are not slow; they're like speed demons. So you're just catching them, and then just I mean simple stupid stuff like that. I believe what was the second trial? The second trial, you go get this mushrooms, and these mushrooms are important because. there's this new soup on the island that will if you with these mushrooms you can collect three of these mushrooms and they're kind of difficult to get but once you have three of these mushrooms you can create a soup that allows your pokemon to gigantamax which was that in the was that in base sword and shield i don't know no it was not you would have to luck out in a raid and fight one that was gigantamax okay yeah so basically it's just like a souped up form of the of the existing souped up form, whatever it is. I, I, I'm i not going to lie. Like I didn't think about it as much through my first playthrough of Pokemon sword and shield, but playing through this, I'm like, this is really gimmicky. And I realize all Pokemon's have a gimmick, but I wish they would just stick with one. You know, my issue, th- there's a couple of thoughts that come into mind when I hear about this expansion. It's like, first of all, this is the first expansion ever in a Pokemon franchise. Well, not, franchise but main franchise yeah um besides that there was like sequel games but they were they were just the old games with added content to it uh and i there's a part of me that's like okay if you had included this into the main game um it would be more like this wouldn't be a seven uh, maximum hour expansion it would have just added to the main game which the issue was it was too short so but you're making us pay for it now and there's that part of my head that's doing that and it's like well that's not that doesn't sit very well with me because there wasn't there's always like end game content uh, starting with I believe third generation had the battle frontier and after that it was a mainstay for every single generation after that and then we got to, I think it, they stopped doing it in Sun and Moon. Yeah, Sun and Moon, they were just like, oh, we're just going to give you the battle tree. And then you're going to have fun with that. And I was like, oh, this is pretty fun, but there's there's a limit, I guess. Right. Um, but, yeah, there's that part of me that's like, this should have been in the main game. But oh. then they, they need to learn a lesson for this, honestly. Like, they, the, you have a loyal fan base that'll do whatever you want but the more dissatisfied that they get the more they start to sniff up like all right you get your freebie you get your one where you kind of messed up a little bit and then we're gonna start grilling you like sun and moon it was all right like no one like some people didn't like the whole like uh, kahuna thing which is fine they tried something different but they didn't do it maliciously they're just like, hey, do you guys tire of the whole gym badges thing? I'm like, we're obviously not since we buy every single game. It's been the same every single time. Uh, but I, I credit them for trying something new. Right. And then they did this one, and the, they got the theme right. It, everything felt awesome. I, I love that it's a sporting event because that's what it would be in, in real life. It wouldn't just be like, oh, hey, it's a 10-year-old. Let's just, let's just have him journey the world and go to all these random gyms where you fight people for money uh the feeling was awesome it's this big spectacle 
instead of something that's just like, oh, you just go to this nowhere village out in the boonies and then get a badge from them. So I was about to say, I'm going to interject real quick because I definitely yeah, yeah. want to get back around to the main game because this this solved some issues from the main game for me and really highlighted other ones. But I'm gonna I'm gonna finish going through yeah 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 through this here. So then your third quest, right? You battle Avery again, and then you get the armor of the Isle, which you find out is Ushifu. I think is his name. Yeah. It's the new legendary Pokemon, and he's really cool. So he gives them to you. He's a very shy fighting type Pokemon, and he wants the the master or Master Mustard is his name. Uh, wants you to go out into the world and bond with your Pokemon with this Pokemon. So at this point, you unlock on the Isle of Armor. Pokemon can follow you around again. Your lead Pokemon, oh. which is just unexplainably missing from sword and shield base considering let's go pikachu can do it um so at this point you're off in the overworld which i should mention on the the whole isle of armor unless you're in a building is the um wild zone so you've got free camera control and it's really made me think like this has to be the next pokemon game like they can't they can't not. They can't have the paths. Like, I feel like the like specific paths would work for dungeons, but like they cannot go back to such an empty feeling. Like, just like railroading routes. Like yeah, it just no. does not work. Every generation leading up to this, like this is what they wanted. Yeah, and and, and I hope they take that step and just make this the whole next game. But so. You build up your happiness, and then at this point, you get a choice to go to two towers to complete your training. Uh, there's the water tower and the shadow tower, and basically what this does is the first tower, uh, both towers consist of, you have to bring just your Ushifu, and he, that might be his evolved form. I don't know what his second, or I, I forgot the name. Like I, I really Kubfu, isn't it? Yeah, Kubfu, something like that. I really I, this Pokemon, I, I like the story aspect behind one Pokemon, but I really don't care about it. Anyway, so you can take him to the Water Tower or the Shadow Tower. You have to, he can be the only one in your party, and you go through five 1v1 battles. And if you go to the top of the Water Tower, you can evolve him into Ushifu, which is a fighting water type. Or you can evolve him into Ushifu at the other tower, that is a fighting dark type and that that's called single strike and then the water one's called multi-strike and you know they get some different moves from there and then finally you go do a battle with mustard again at the very end to um or no no oh my god i can't believe i forgot this and i'm gonna need to write something down here about 2 30 right okay so you go back after this and hops Jazz shows up on the island, right? <laughs> and I'm just like, oh my god. And it should be noted, this whole time, people keep talking about Leon, the great undefeated trainer. And it's like, hello, I whooped him. I whooped him. But so Hop shows up, and he's all like, oh, hey, um, I'm here, you know, studying Pokemon, doing whatever, because I can't win Pokemon fights. And... <laughs> 
the the so the soup <laughs> that makes it so you can gig- gigantamax your Pokemon. Ushifu doesn't like the soup, so he sends you off on a quest to find this nectar from another Pokemon that will make it so Ushifu likes the soup. Oh my and, god! And Hop helps you through this. It's a little three part thing, and Hop helps you through it. No biggie. But then you get back, you can Gigantamax your Ushifu, and you have one final battle against Mustard. And at that point, it's done. That's the end of the game. There is a side quest. Uh, there is a side quest series. I, I kind of, maybe two, but one one's a side quest series for sure. Uh, there's a trainer on the island who has 150 Alolan Diglets. And every time he turns his back, they run away from him. So he's all like, I need your help finding 150 Alolan Diglets. Throughout the island, so throughout this Isle of Armor, there's 150 Alolan Diglets that you gotta find. And for every 10 you bring back to him, he will reward you with an Alolan version of a Pokemon. So that's kind of neat. It's, you know, I got like the Vulpix and Sandshrew that way. (laughs) You're, you're very specific. It's not like you're, you're, you're saying this as like this this grandiose number for for the sake of like satire you really mean 150 alolan diglets 150 alolan diglets sometimes a doug Drio's there too and let That's me tell amazing. you what i want hair like an alolan doug Drio. which one i mean i any of them they're they're all <laughs> they're all awesome in my eyes i mean i don't want the bull cut one but Anyway, that that all aside, there's the other thing that's kind of neat is in the dojo, uh, it kind of gives you a reason to spend watts. Uh, the dojo doesn't come with a with a hairstylist or anything. It doesn't come with any vendors. So what happens is, is you can donate watts, and this stuff slowly builds up over time. I imagine if you've been like raiding a lot and actually been playing the game, you'll have enough just to buy your way through the upgrades. But I didn't, so like I'm still working through it. So like I got a hair stylist there. I got a, I got the Rototom Poke Machine there, so I can like switch out my team and stuff. Uh, neat stuff like that. So I, I, I mean, like I said, it's a lot of stuff that I feel like is slowly taking Pokemon in the correct direction. But man, it just made me mad at Sword and Shield all over again, Jordan. Some of it did. <laughs> Because I saw a cipher and I was like, "Oh my god, a cipher!" And I was like, "I shouldn't be excited about this. He should have just been in the game." <laughs> you know what I mean? So like that frustrated yeah. me. And then like the ease is still there. Like my Mister Rhyme is still just one shotting everything. Like it don't. And all the Pokemon on the aisle are at least level sixty. And in the final battle against Mustard, everything's seventy. And my Mr. Rhyme is a little overleveled, but he's not like 100. He's level 90, and he's still just one-shotting everything. Like when I had to put Mr. Rhyme away and just take Cub Fu into the thing, it was miserable. I was like, well, was, "Where's my boy?" Let's give up a disclaimer though, that in every Pokemon game I've ever played, everything's dying in one hit. Like but, I had to struggle. I I had to hamstring myself when I'm fighting a legendary that I come across to not kill it in one hit. Yeah. God, it's just, I don't know. It's frustrating. Cause it's, it's our growth as gamers, but, but it's not like I, I'm pretty sure. And I know some of it is just 
the change of quality of life stuff. Like, I like some of the change quality of life stuff Pokemon's added. But, like, if you go back and play, like, red, yellow, blue, like, you're not just one-shotting everything. You're Those not... games are busted. Are you kidding me? But, <laughs> and, again, I guess it's just knowing what to do. But, ah, oh man, I don't know. That's why Temtem's just so good. It has a good balance. So, Aaron. Yeah. The, the original generation's critical rate was based off of speed. You want <laughs> So you had Persians using Slash getting crits every single time with Stab. Hey, you know, you got to play the game. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I, I'll show you a video one of these days about how broken the first All right. generation was. And, I mean, that, that, can, that can be proven your point. But either way, I, I just missed the difficulty, and that's... I guess then by the point you're making, that that is part of the reason I like Temtem is like it's what I remember it being. Yeah. So. Which is what some people want. I, we come from. This is what makes it great to discuss this because we come from two different sides of the of the story of like, you want things back the way they were, uh, in some regards. And I was I about to say I like things how... moving forward. I just <laughs> yeah. I don't like when things lose the essence. Of what they are, yes. or at least and per- I'm like, I want to see different essence, man. If you want to, honestly, if they made a more adult version of Pokemon, it would just just go play Persona. Like seriously, it's <laughs> it's literally the same. Like the, the same concept is just if you just want to rock paper scissors, I want to catch them all, sort of thing. Just go play, just go play Persona and catch God, and use him as your Persona. <laughs> it's possible you can catch Satan. You can catch, like, Ra and, and all these mythological creatures instead of, you know, Pikachu. Who I bet he's going to show up one day. I mean, I'm going to play Persona 6, and Pikachu's going to be my Persona. And I'm... <laughs> God, I hope so. Wouldn't that be awesome? You just throw a Pokeball uh, on yourself? Yeah. That's how you do it, it. I mean, he's in Smash, so Shoot, it's, it's you're possible. Right, you're right. It's canonically. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, you know me. I can go off on a tangent for Pokemon forever. So oh, I, me too. Uh, I, I don't want to touch too much on this because it is so new. Uh, but I'm about six and a half hours into The Last of Us Part Two. Uh, so far, I believe this is incredible. Like this is so far, this is one of the best games I've ever played. Um, I think the story's great. I know people have a hang up with something that happens very early on, which I've seen. And people have a hang-up with the middle of the game. So clearly I'm not to the hang-up in the middle of the game. But the hang-up at the first part of the game, it's a it's a little head-scratching that it happened so early. But I'm like, what did you expect? Like, this was going to happen. So, uh, aside from that, though, it's just incredible. The game plays so good. It's such a refinement on The Last of Us Part 1. It doesn't reinvent the wheel, but it just fine-tunes things. Everything just feels a li- little bit tighter. Yeah. And then, like, I mean, the story, like, God, I'm just loving it so much because the game knows how to ramp up and then, like, let off the gas when it needs to. And I love it for it. But I'll talk more about... I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to just say, I'll talk more about that later. I don't want to dig too deep into it with it being so new. I'm interested in the point that it's called Last of Us Part 2 when there wasn't originally going to be, like, a second, like, you and I both agree the story completes itself on part one. Like, oh, yeah. You could just end it right there. So the, the title choice is interesting to me because they made it seem like, oh, yeah, it was. this is just like the other part of it. When really you could have done without it. We love it. 
We love that we got it, but you didn't need it. Okay, Jordan, let's do some news. We're going to start the news section with our PS5 event prediction results. So, Jordan, my number one was the PS5 is shown off. It's going to come out in early November and cost $449.99. I gave myself a third of a point because the PS5 was shown off. There is a discless version of the machine as well. However, no date or price was given at this time. My number two was PS Now gets expanded to support PS1 and PS2 games. PS Now was not mentioned a single time. Zero points. Number three, I said that Horizon Zero Dawn 2 would be announced and that it will be a launch title. So Horizon Forbidden West, which is the second Horizon game, was announced. However, it will not be a launch title, so I gave myself half a point for that. Number four, I mentioned uh, it will be mentioned in some shape, but there will be no PSR VR game shown off. I gave myself half a point because it was not mentioned at all, but no games were also shown off. So, uh, and then my number five was a Blue Point shows off Demon Souls. It will be a launch title. I gave myself half a point for that since Demon Souls was shown off, but it will not be a launch title, which gave me 1.83 repeating points. Well, repeating, of course. Repeating, of course. Uh, Matt, who is no longer ever allowed back on the podcast because he guaranteed he would get these all right and did not. (laughs) Uh, Number one, PS5 will have backwards compatibility back to PS1 games. Zero points. I guess theoretically that could be true still, but they didn't say anything about it. Number two, Spider-Man 2 teaser. I gave him half a point. Spider-Man Miles Morales was announced. However, they made it clear that it is a standalone game. They did say it would be a standalone game, but it is not Spider-Man 2. They said Spider-Man 2, will when they get around to it, will continue the story of Peter Parker. So this is not the proper Spider-Man 2. This is like an interstitial game. <laughs> when I saw that, I was like, really, Aaron? You're not going to give them that one? And then they just literally mentioned, no, this isn't Spider-Man 2. Yeah. That's, I, you're generous at the half point in that regard. I'm being nice. I'm being nice. Yeah. Uh, I did throw out when Matt said that he thought Spider-Man 2 would be teased, that I thought there was going to be a Ratchet and Clank game, which I was right about. I didn't give myself any points because that wasn't a prediction, but new Ratchet and Clank game coming out. Uh, number three, a new updated PSVR. Zero points for Matt there. Number four, a new IP gets a teaser, and he should have stopped there, but he added, it's Sony. So, half a point. And then number five, he said, God of War 2 is teased. Zero points, bringing Matt to a grand total of one point. Now, if you want to... Why would you like God of War 2? There's already a God of War 2. I don't understand. Like, would it be God of War, the sequel, the second game? I mean, the, there's the two God of Wars. Yeah. Why couldn't uh, there be two God of War 2s? Oh, my God. I hate <laughs> I hate it. <laughs> it makes Googling things difficult. Now, here's where things get a little fishy, but I won. Spoiler alert, so I don't care. 
But you beat Matt, and some of uh, when I was listening to the show, I, I knew I knew you were in a hurry, but I got a chuckle out of some of this. So, Jordan, you made three predictions and beat Matt because number three, <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I should count number three, but I no, did. Number, number three. <laughs> anyway, you're, you're number one. At my door, I was... <laughs> you're number one. The PS5 will cost six hundred dollars. We did not get a price zero points. Uh, your number two, they would show off one release title. You thought it would be FromSoft, Demon Souls, something like that related. I gave you half a point for that since Demon Souls was shown off, but it's not a release title. And then your number three, and literally this is your number three. I listened to it like three <laughs> times. Gameplay of something. One point. Yeah, they were going to show actual gameplay on the PS5 is what I was saying, which sounds less outlandish. I was like, it's going to it's going to flex a little, you know, like it's going to show you the, the pure horsepower of the PS5. The way that I said it and the way it looks on paper is the stupidest thing I've ever seen in my life. Of course, they're going to show gameplay of something, but in, <laughs> but in my head. My thought process was they're going to flex. They're going to flex their, their power. And they did. That's what I meant. But it's so stupid. <laughs> I'm glad you gave me the point for it nonetheless. I mean, you weren't wrong. You weren't wrong. <laughs> I wasn't wrong. I and, <laughs> and I think looking at this, yeah, that was the only full point awarded. Yeah. No, that was the one. I think, I mean, if you're going to blame me, you should kind of blame yourself a little bit too. And you want to know why? It's because... You're so punctual with the point system. Well, that, it's like, it, yeah, that's not the full thing. I kind of had to be. But wrong. that's how I play the game because I know I I'm going to get some of this wrong. So I tried to put at least two parts so I can get some half points, you know? <laughs> you got to play the game, Jordan. Oh, my God. <laughs> All right, let's move on. As we said at the beginning of the show, a lot of games have been announced, uh, so many, so we're just going to simply talk about the ones we're interested in. I don't think you added anything to this, so it's going to be games I'm interested in. Oh, I thought we were... There's more than this? I thought this was just a list of the ones that they announced. There was so much announced. So much. So... Let's just riff off yours, yeah. Shortly after our last show, Destiny and Bungie had an event... To show off the future of Destiny 2, they announced the next three years of Destiny 2, which basically they made a big deal during this reveal that um, Destiny 2 is the game. Like, they they are not interested in doing Destiny 3. They just want to build off Destiny 2. So later this year, we are going to get Destiny 2 Beyond Light. Next year, we're going to get Destiny 2 The Witch King, not to be confused with The Lich King. And Destiny 2... Lightfall 2022. No, that's what I just said. Don't get confused. You said Witch King. I said Witch Queen. I don't know. And then I said not to be confused with the Lich King. That's why I was... Turn off your Monster Hunter and let's... I'm not on Monster Hunter. (laughs) No, so there... I I was originally going to have Mike on to do a segment of this, but it just... With how busy I got last week, it didn't work out. Um... There's some good and bad changes coming to the game. Uh, the good one is they're just trying to streamline things a little more. This game has a problem, kind of like you were hinting at with Monster Hunter earlier, where 
it's super hard for new people to get into because they're so far behind. But then when they make it easier for new people to get into, people who have been playing and grinding the whole time get a little frustrated that all their work's just getting kicked to the side. So that's which an- there's a there's like a it it's so hard to explain. Like since you and I play like World of Warcraft a lot, we're used to it. We're like, oh yeah, this raid gear that we have, we're gonna we're gonna yeet it like three up three levels in for like baseline quest stuff, which for me is exciting because I hit a plateau. When you have gear and then it doesn't get better, like you're done getting gear, like you're done with it. So there's that part of me that's like, yay, new gear, this is awesome. But some of these people get so attached to their old gear that they're like, hey, that's not fair. I actually had to work really hard for this stuff. So I don't. There's there's members on each team. I sh- I guess I should sum it up too. And and I'm on one team where it's like, yeah, give me new stuff, but also like, c- kind of make me work for a little bit, just like a tiny bit, instead of like, hey, turn, uh, give me ten bear flanks, and I'll give you gear that that's better than when you killed the Lich King with. And I'm like, okay, that's that seems fair. Right. Um. They did say they were working on a transmog system because right now in Destiny 2 where if you just... The problem is like if you get a piece of loot you like, it's often not the piece of gear you should be wearing. So they're working on a transmog system. They also announced that the game is coming to PS5 and Xbox Series X. It will be free upgrades, so console players will finally be able to play the game at 4K60. And th- this this year... Their goal is to make sure that like the PS4 and PS5 versions can talk to each other and that the Xbox and Xbox Series X versions can talk to each other. And they said next year is when they really want to get full cross-play between everybody. So that that's an exciting good thing. Uh, the other negative that I really am hung up on, because it's a good or bad thing depending on who you talk to, they are doing what they call the Destiny Vault system. So... Luke Smith, the game director, was talking about how the game has gotten too big and they can't keep adding to it without just, like, making the file size out of control. So they want to start cycling content in and out. So in Beyond Light, I believe it's the first time they're doing it, they're going to take out some of the game and then replace it with new games. So, like, basically the whole... Everything that was in the game when it started is basically gone. And it can be rotated back in at some point. But I don't know. That feels a little bad to me. Because like content you paid for is being completely removed. And it's not like World of Warcraft where it got changed. No, this is just being completely taken out. What do you think about that? I think it's going to be frustrating at first. Considering like you have to download a new patch every single rotation. And it's going to be a pretty sizable one because it's going to be taking away stuff and then putting stuff back in. So if they can find a way to implement that, then that's fine. There is there's a ro- there was a rotational system in, in Monster Hunter World Iceborne as well, where it's like, hey, you have event quests that happen every other week, and but now that everything was like released, they just did the whole thing. They're like, ah, we don't want to keep up with the schedule, so we're just you can play all the events whenever you want, whenever you, you have them. But back in the day, it was like you were looking at the news for the next week, and you're like, all right, what what events for the next week that's coming out right now? So 
Right. Uh, if they can implement it well, then go ahead. I, I think it's, I think it's full of you know, they're they're fibbing a little bit when they're like, oh, it's it's such a huge game, blah blah. I'm like, well, you could just optimize a little better. I know there's a there's a ton of other games that are just as big that use tools of the trade to kind of get out of that sort of stuff. So right, right, uh, yeah. So. That's happening. the The one kind of neat thing they said is this could also include Destiny One content. They specifically brought up the Vault of Glass raid, which was the first raid in the very first Destiny, which is an excellent raid, still one of the best raids I think they've ever done. And so that was kind of neat. But then, like one of the guy, well, I was reading through the Reddit thread of people complaining about some stuff, and they're all like, "But we can play Destiny One right now. Like it is still yeah. live. You can just go play Destiny One." So, touche. But let's move on from Destiny now. The PS5 uh, launch event. We kind of talked about most of this already in some form or fashion. But Spider-Man Miles Morales was announced. This sounds like this will be a launch title. So the PS5 will be coming out with Spider-Man Miles Morales. Uh, I don't want to get too into Spider-Man spoilers. But Miles Morales is there. And he's going to be Spider-Man. So it'll be interesting to see. It's going to be interesting to see the story they want to tell with him enough that they're giving him his own game, but this isn't Spider-Man 2. Oh, yeah. They're two completely different characters I want to I want to point out. It's not like an alternate. It is an alternate universe Spider-Man, but not like one for one an alternate reality. It, it It's... There's a lot of like history behind it, and there's not enough time to go through it because that's just like a that's a comic book thing. But Peter Parker exists in the same universe as Miles Morales. It's he's just a different Spider-Man. Well, so and... there was there was that growth between the Peter Parkers and the Ultimate Universe and the Mainstay Universe, or whatever, multiverse, blah 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 blah. But at the end of it, Miles is the new Spider-Man. Like it's the same thing, like what happened with Captain America and stuff like that. So. You can make. He's got his own story and his own villains, so you can have. You can build huge stories off of him. Okay, for the next thirty seconds, spoilers for Spider-Man. So cover your ears if you don't want to hear it. So in the game, Miles Morales is just another character, right? And him and at the very end of the game, him like he goes to Peter, and he's all like, "Hey, I need to talk to you about something weird that's been going on." And he like climbs up in the wall. And he's like, this is really weird, isn't it? And then Peter, like, climbs up on the wall. He's like, not as weird as you might think. So, like, it's more like a, a mentor thing, it almost feels like. Yeah. But just because of the way that ended, everybody assumed that Miles Morales would be the main character of Spider-Man 2. It's just interesting to see that they clearly want to tell more of Peter's story, but also give Miles his own story. There's, I think there's a reason for that, because, like I said before... Uh, the way that Miles is introduced in the comics is Peter Parker dies in that universe. Like, he's killed. And then Miles takes up the mantle. But he didn't have Peter to mentor him as Spider-Man during that time. He had to kind of figure it out on his own. Uh, based on, like, like some of his friends that Peter knew and stuff like that. And, you know, how did he use his powers? Oh, I gotta look at videos that were on, like, YouTube or something like that. Uh, and then, now that there's a peter that's alive and he's in that universe now you can have both of them going at the same time and you can have that mentor teacher relationship 
that wasn't present there in the comics when he was first released. So the reason why people were thinking like, oh, he's going to be the main character of Spider-Man 2 was probably because they're probably going to murk Peter Parker. And it, and he's going to be the new Spider-Man or whatever like that. But if they're both going to be going at the same time, then one of them's just going to be doing his own thing. And every once in a while, he just pops in and checks in on it. That's awesome, too. I like that. Right on. From there, probably my most exciting game from the event, they showed off Ratchet & Clank Rift Apart. So this was like the big showcase of what the PS5 is capable of with that super fast SSD that Sony's been like pounding their chest over. So in Ratchet & Clank Rift Apart, there's a bunch of like there's a tear in the space time continuum or whatever. And like there's these rifts opening and the gameplay they showed off. It's your typical Ratchet & Clank um, gameplay. But like there's rifts opening that they're falling through and within like a second they're just loaded up into like a completely different zone and it's like it's it's definitely taking advantage of the ssd it looks really good i'm assuming it's going to be a sequel to the reboot if i had to venture a guess but that would make sense yeah from there i was interested in godfall uh, i don't know why this game interests me it looks really generic it looks like your typical <laughs> like hack and slash third person sword fighting like kind of game like it almost it kind of feels like a like almost it almost feels like it would play kind of like a dark souls like maybe not as hard but it looks like we're gonna play that way and it's like a loot based game like they're i think they're going for like a persistent online game i don't maybe i don't know i haven't looked enough into it so it's either gonna be like a persistent online loot game so kind of like destiny except third person sword fighting or it's gonna be like an off more traditionally offline something like diablo you know we're still your third person action going for loot either way it's showering people with loot yeah so kind of interested in that demon souls remaster jordan it was long tease long rumored but that is what blue point games is working on did you see the trailer for this i did and let me tell you i'm going to let you talk about this one then give us a little taste goodness i want to tell you the difference between a ps3 game and a ps5 game <laughs> starting with a little boss i like to think of as flame lurker uh in the ps3 he literally looked like a monkey just on fire just running around and slapping people he, it was a notorious boss because it was up until that i mean like it was the first souls franchise game uh technically so the fact that um it was updated. It looks gorgeous. Like, oh my goodness. And I was like, oh, it's a demon? Like, I know it's called Demon Souls, but it didn't look like a demon in, in, in Demon Souls for the PS3. And now you can actually see it. But in my opinion, uh, there's two differences. It's it's Demon Souls, when I played it, I didn't. I never finished it. I, I just watched playthroughs of other people finishing it. Uh, it has some of the greatest ideas in the franchise. It's also in my opinion one of the most difficult but it's also one of the easiest games to break and there was a huge following for it like even after like i think dark souls 2 was starting to release dlc for it is when they shut down the servers for demon souls like it was up that long and there was a huge online uh a mechanic to it too that was different from the other dark souls games there's this there's this system called tendency like world tendency that 
other people playing the, in the game will affect the difficulty of your game. So oh, interesting. And, and special events that happen in the in the world too. So there's light tendency and dark tendency. Whenever you beat a main boss, uh, you increase the the brightness, the the light tendency up. The higher the light tendency, the less damage the monsters do, and like the easier the mobs are. Uh, but when you die as a human in some of these worlds, like you, you, you're a spirit, and then you get your body back, and then if you die while you have your body, it lowers the tendency, making the game harder. Uh, like harder mobs will spawn, you'll take more damage, or they'll do more damage, but it also increases the amount of loot you get. Like the rarity goes like gets up higher the percentages uh and so let's say a bunch of people are dying on this one spot in their in their body forms you your world will get darker because of that and and the same and vice versa you'll affect other people's games unlike let's say it's halloween they did a thing on halloween where it's like nope everything's dark tendency now if you play on this day everything's going to be the hardest it could possibly be. <laughs> and I was like, this is so cool. Like, this is awesome. And, and there's only, there's some events that happen in the game that only happen if it's light tendency or dark, dark tendency. So you have a bunch of people that are just jumping off cliffs to try to like, uh, spawn this, this non-player character to spawn and stuff like that. And then that, that affects yours as well. So I'm interested to see how this is going to turn out because, Demon Souls is an amazing game. It's just it looks ugly as all heck, man. It, when you play it on the PS3, like it is nasty. So <laughs> if they fix that issue, it's it's in my opinion, it's one of the best Souls games. Like it's it is so unfair, but it's got these cool mechanics that you find in any other game. Like sound is a big factor, even though like before it's like oh no he heard me now he turns around. There's a whole boss in that game he's called old hero and he's blind he's 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 this big like colossus guy but he's blind and he's got a huge sword and it's a you fight him in this long like hallway room with a bunch of pillars and the whole time he's kind of like looking for you like he can't see you so he's he's trying to listen so you have to like throw stuff on the other side of the room and he'll go over there so you can have a chance to attack him so it they just have these concepts that were scrapped. And then you'll also see the originating of the concepts they use for the rest of the Souls game, like the swamp area or the fire area or blah, 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 blah. Like you'll, you'll see some things in there. Any Souls uh, aficionado or just like a, a casual fan should pick up this game immediately. Awesome. Glad you're excited. Uh, my biggest revelation for that whole thing was that it's demons souls yeah yeah demons is plural interesting well yes, it's, it it's possessive but it has an s at the end of it that, that i go right mind. past it <laughs> <laughs> okay uh and then and what they close the show out with horizon forbidden west this is horizon 2 it follows aloy and she's like going to america essentially i don't know where yeah. the game takes place i think she's just heading west i think it takes place in america I don't know. I never finished the first Horizon Zero Dawn. It's definitely something I'm more interested in getting back to now, though, because this looks incredible. This was probably the best visually looking game of the whole conference, and it's clear that Guerrilla Games is bringing it. Speaking of gorillas, 
Uh, the next set of gains came from the Gorilla uh, Initiative, which was just a three-day event. Uh, for a three-day event, they, they doubled up on stuff a lot. So um, these were just a couple games that I was interested in from it. Um, a lot of indies and stuff. And there's so many indies anymore that for an indie game to make it onto a list of things I'm interested in, you really have to like stand out, you know? Yeah. So, uh, anyway, probably the least impressive one, and I've kind of gotten, I've kind of gotten lower on this the more I find out about it, uh, Valhim. It's a Viking survival game, and I originally thought, you know, it looked like a traditional surviving game, like an arc or something, where, like, you're going off and getting stuff and bringing it back to base and building buildings with your supplies and food, stuff. water, stuff like that. But I thought it was like a, like an isometric game. And it's more of a third-person game. I was kind of bummed out to see that just because I feel like there are so many games like this nowadays. But the Viking setting makes it interesting to me. So I will definitely... There's not a lot of third-person survival. There's a lot of first-person survival games. I don't think there's a lot of third-person ones. I would know. I love third-person games because why build a game where you can, like, wear armor and customize your character and not be able to see them at all? So, like, Seven Days to Die... Uh, you can only see your hands like there's so many games where it's just like oh it's your hands and you got like a a funky looking weapon it's a spear but it's really just a kitchen knife with a you know tied to a stick and like this isn't this isn't exciting give me let me see my character like make it look pretty something all right i get you i don't know I, I, ah gosh i don't know i i want to like these games more than i do but it's kind of the problem I have with Don't Starve, where, like, and Don't Starve has gotten better. But, like, I just don't feel like I'm getting anything for my time, other than hanging out with my friends, which I like to do. Don't get yeah. me wrong. But it's like, if we're playing games, we could be playing a game where I'm, like, getting stuff kind of thing, you know? <laughs> That's all, That was, there's a definitive, like, like, okay, have we done everything the most efficiently that we can? And, like, Don't Starve together. So... It's like, oh, we explored the entire map already. We don't have to blah, 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 blah. Like, it, there needs to be, like, definitive endings to these sort of things. Or not endings, but, like, if we're not going to put an ending, put a infinite progression system that's rewarding every step of the way, which is very difficult. So, right. usually just end it. Exactly. Jordan, moving on. Torchlight 3, which is available in early access now. I've never actually played Torchlight 1 or 2, but they uh, look like games that would be right up my alley. I was going to ask you if you did, because but, I am not familiar with it either. Yeah. <laughs> okay, perfect. Good talk. Uh, it's it's a Diablo-like game, though. Uh, isometric. I think people from the original Diablo 1 and 2 team are in that company, so... I Good think stuff. I think that I think those people were the what spawned the famous Jay Wilson F those losers quote. <laughs> so good on them uh elite dangerous odyssey expansion pack jordan it seems like they're turning elite dangerous which is a space like flight sim game more into a um no man's sky kind of game so the odyssey expansion is making it so you can land on planets and get out and walk around it sounds amazing because there's two itches that i'll always tell people that if it's scratched right it'll become a bestseller pirate games if you could scratch that itch right oh my goodness but if you miss the itch 
it, there's nothing there. Like when uh, what's it called that that game? Uh, sea Thieves. When that first came out, it was just short of the scratch. Now it's a little better, but it everyone's aware that scratch is there. And space exploration. Always, always, always. I will always get a uh, a scratch from me if you if you get that going. Oh my goodness. Both of those would be best best on the block if you get them. Especially because those are multiplied with friends. So it's it's fine on your own. It's like a chill game, whatever, when you're playing on your own and it's nice. But then you add in other people onto it and it becomes amazing. Like, uh, what's it called? Artemis, when we played that, oh my god, that game was so fun. <laughs> and it's because everyone had their own thing to do, you know? And it was, it's the most simple game of all time, but it was so fun. Right. Okay, Jordan, uh, a game that should be of interest to you. Uh, not a new game, yeah. but I thought it was worth mentioning. Persona 4 Golden is now available on Steam. My theory, the reason why this came out when it did is because of Demon's Souls. Because they're both pub- uh, they're both directed, or yeah, I think directed by Atlas. Uh, Atlas, the only Souls game that Atlas had ever done was Demon's Souls. Um, and I think that it's probably going to bring in a lot of revenue for them. And they were like, hey, either we use this to fund this or have it to fund the other thing. And it's incredibly cheap, guys. Like, I, Seth's playing it right now, and like it's his first Persona game. He played a little bit of 5, but 4 is when it started becoming more mainstream. Like, the first and second Persona game, I believe, like, went underneath everyone's radars because it was a little, like, a little strange. Well, isn't the but first they, one a spinoff of Shimagane Tensei? They're all spinoffs of Shin Megami Oh, are they? Tensei. Okay. They just yeah, dropped I, that from the name <laughs> at a certain yeah, point. exactly. I think it, they they dropped it on, like, the fourth one or the third one. I think the, the first two had the, the title still on it. It's essentially the same game. They still use all the same, like, quote-unquote personas, which are just shadows. Gotcha. Um... Yeah, four has its own anime series as well, and that's how you can tell it's got its own fighting game franchise. So, four is when things started kicking off. Three is when people started getting into the series. Four is when like the casuals started coming in because it's the original waifu wars game, guys. Like, uh, try picking a best girl in that game. I dare you. It is it is rough. So my question for you, and I know yeah. what you want. Because it's what I think even Atlas wants, but Sega, like for some odd reason, is it Sega that they go through? Uh, yeah, Sega. Yeah, so I, I know it's what Atlas wants, but Sega, for some odd reason, doesn't let them do this. Do you think this is a test bed for things to come, or do you think this is only coming off a PlayStation console because this particular version is stranded on the Vita of all places? God, I hope it's a test bed because I still think they can make a ton of money getting Persona Five off on um on Switch or just putting just put every all these things. Well, on Switch, man. That, that's kind of where I was going with this because what was funny about it is like I felt like this should have been exciting, like big exciting news, and literally everybody on Twitter was just like, "But what about the Switch?" Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, it's a close second. Honestly, in my opinion, if you could put it on the PC, that you won't hurt hear anyone complain about getting it on the PC, of course. Everyone's like, yeah, it's great. But what about the Switch? So it's everyone's second pick. So we're all happy with it. We just could have been happier. 
So I, I think uh, if they were going to release Persona 3, they should probably release it on the Switch. Okay. Maybe in a bundle. Maybe in Persona a bundle. Best hits. I'd, I'd love that. I'd buy that. If there was a $70 or $80, like, hey, here's all the Persona games, I would buy it in a heartbeat. <laughs> well, the problem is you got to pay the Switch tax, so it's going to be full price for everything. Yeah. But that's okay because it's it's convenience. It's a convenience fee. I could just play Persona. You're why I have to spend full price for old Switch games. I'm sorry, okay, Aaron? <laughs> I'm just so happy and enthusiastic about stuff that I should have already had before. All right. <laughs> Moving on, uh, a game I'm very interested in is called Trash Sailors. So the really vibe cool. I got from this, I forgot exactly what I told you. It gives me Artemis vibes. It gives me race the sun vibes it gives me don't start vibes i think those are three good parts to start so basically you're on a boat and you're a trash sailor like you're gathering trash while you're on a boat and the boat seems to be moving on its own forward at all times and that's where i get race the sun vibes because as it goes it gets more difficult sounds like a raft yeah and, and you're on a raft and like you're collecting junk like this gives me the don't starve vibes. You're like collecting stuff to upgrade your your raft, right? And then the Artemis vibes come in from it's a multiplayer game where other people, like you're all running around doing something. It doesn't sound like Artemis where you're kind of like stuck in your role, like you can do whatever, but you're running around doing different things and like enemies are attacking you. So you're like, you you want somebody like fishing so you're still getting supplies, but somebody has to be like attacking the enemy, and somebody needs to be repairing the raft. It looks very cool. I'm excited to see yeah, more about it. It sounds like Raft, the game that has already been released. But if you can get a more, uh, if you can get a more polished version of Raft, I'm I'm for it. I think there might be a legal thing, but I don't think they'd be able to do anything about it. So, yay, trash sailors! All right. Uh, and then the final one I wrote down here, Amazon's New World MMORPG. I don't know. I'm just a sucker for new MMORPGs. This one is like an, it's a more of action-based MMO. So we'll see. I don't, I haven't looked a lot into it. Like I said, I just, I like to see new MMOs come out. I, I've given up hoping they're going to be good, but I like to see new MMOs come out. So I put it down this list. We should do like something where we try out a bunch of different MMOs, Aaron, because we have a lot of we have a lot of opinions on that. And there's still a lot of MMOs I haven't really played, if I'm going to be honest. Oh man, are you talking? Like I new, have Black Desert, and a I have new played weekly it yet. segment. I didn't like Black Desert very much, but you did it. I'd be willing to give it another shake for the show. How about that other game? Uh, starts with an I. It's like a in. It's kind of like a Dark Souls MMO sort of thing. I have like, no idea prequel for i'll i'll think about it. but that, that seems like a lot of fun where we just like our first uh impressions of a game right yeah uh totally i'd be we could just make that like a series and get rid of like or not get rid of like it doesn't have to be an mmo not necessarily get rid of mmos yeah. but if we could do it monthly like it doesn't have to be like in like an every week sort of thing like what we do with this one yeah or what we're trying to do. we'll try to find <laughs> we're some busy free... people Try to find some free-to-play games, too, so we're not spending yeah, yeah, yeah. tons of money. Oh, no, they're all going to be free-to-play. Trust me, they're all going to be free-to-play. I'm unemployed, and you, know, you might have just got a, uh, a promotion, but things aren't I've also got well four cavities. 
<laughs> All right, Jordan. Let's yeah, be real. This, I'm so excited for this, Aaron. But but and amazingly, only the second biggest game to be announced this week. Not in my eyes. Second biggest. New Pokemon Snap, Jordan. Oh They're doing God. it. I'm so happy. They're going to put this game in every McDonald's again. I swear to God. It's funny. Everybody's complaining about it being $60. I'm like, it could be $500. It could yeah. be $500. They could make me buy an actual camera and I would still go <laughs> play this game. Yeah, like Are you kidding me? 20 some years later, we're finally getting a sequel to Pokemon Snap. Oh my God god it's got a new pokemon in it too so it's not like it's just a remake of the first game which is exciting i'm kind of hoping though i think it would be really cool if like they used and I, obviously i want more levels too but i oh, yeah. think it'd be cool if they used like the original levels oh and god. like but gave them like branching paths you know if you gave me the original game too i oh my god dude let me throw that apple at that Little Charmeleon that's walking around the lava pool and make turn into a Charizard. Make me toss this Magikarp around the level until I can shoot into the waterfall and make it turn into a Gyarados. I'm spoiling a bunch of stuff. If you've never played Pokemon Snap, these are the secrets we had to think of word of mouth before the, inter the internet became like a prominent force on the world. Like, I had to hear from school, like, oh, dude, the only way to get Gyarados is to hit this Magikarp across the entire level or like the only way to break off this path is to throw a, an apple at electrode in the power plant so to explode and you can reveal the volcanic area of the level and i'm like oh my god like this is like freaking me out right now it'll be exciting to see how this game uh is reacted with when we have access to the internet now it, it it's actually i think people should do like a experiment on it actually on people's enjoyment of this game now that widestream media has become oh yeah it's not going to be as exciting but I, I, this is one this is a rare chance I usually don't mind looking stuff up if I start having problems but I think this is a game that I'm going to try not to look anything up for and just do oh, completely on my own and I mean because I, I mean that's the thing like a lot of games nowadays just tell you what to do in the game so hopefully oh, yeah. this doesn't just tell you what to do and then you can just kind of stay blind Plus, the fact that there's 700 more Pokemon than there was previously when the first game came out. Like, that's <laughs> that's going to be a lot of stuff. And, and I get that this game has a lot less going on in it, but there is a huge hubbub going on right now that this game looks way better than Sword and Shield. Like, visually. Oh, yeah. is there, way better. Is there gameplay of it yet? I think it, there was a little bit in the reveal trailer. Is it still on the rails? I would assume so. That's what it looked like. Because what if there it wasn't? See, I don't think this is a game that needs to go. Because then it's just kind of a first-person shooter, really. <laughs> Are you kidding me? I'm, I'm all for dude. Have a free roam mode. That would be awesome. I suppose. I still think <laughs> yeah, it's it. Having the level system in the game would still be pretty awesome, and unlocking new ones. Keep that in the game. Maybe because have like like about. every couple levels have like a free roam level kind of thing. That's what I'm saying. I'm not saying like make the whole game free roam. That's that dilutes the spirit of the original game as well that it's leading up to. But it would be pretty. It would be pretty awesome to like climb a tree and like wait for like the perfect snap. You know. 
I get where you're going. I get where you're going. I can get behind. I can get behind the idea. I just don't want it to be the whole game. Yeah, uh, oh yeah. Of course. I, 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 my last thing I'll say on this is there is an opportunity they have to drive every '90s kid insane. That when that game starts up, Professor Oak just is all like, "Welcome back." And Richie's like a like a forty five year old man. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think it's got to be little little Tommy, his kid, or something, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> All right, Jordan, we'll move on to the PC gaming show. I've kind of cut some stuff down that I was kind of on the fence about since we're kind of going long, and I do want to do topic of the week. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I'll let you go on these two. So at the PC gaming show, Baldur's Gate three was talked about. They actually had like a big sit down and play like an hour and a half of the game. This game is like going to be mind-numbingly gigantic. Oh yeah, it's the the put Divinity Original Sin 2 and then put it in the world of Dungeons and Dragons, which people have been adding to for like decades. It's it's in the Dungeons and Dragons world. Like Baldur's Gate is a place in what's it called? Faerun? I don't remember the name of the of the world that Dungeons and Dragons occupies, but if you're a kid and you're listening to this and you you hear that and your dad's a nerd or your mom's a nerd and they played like D and D when they were growing up, they know where Baldur's Gate is. <laughs> like that's how big this world is. It's literally been built on since like the '60s, or probably even sooner than that, honestly. So. I, I'm very excited for this game. More, this, this is definitely below Pokemon Snap, but not that far. It, it probably goes Pokemon Snap, Demon Souls, and then Baldur's Gate. Okay, so we know where you stand. Jordan, what do you think about Divinity Original Sin 2 getting some DLC announced? I don't think it's like very big, but I could be completely uh, wrong. I was talking to Seth about it uh, the other day. And I think it's mandatory DLC. Like, it's just something that's put onto your... I, I don't remember. Uh, I think that was the recent patch. It was mandatory. Um, anything to get us to play the game again, honestly. I mean, that's our drunk game. Uh, so we're always going to go back to Divinity Original Sin 2. Because it's such a customizable game. Like, you could do... Every fight is the same, but can be played in a completely different manner. Like... If you played as, like, swordsmen, you would have a completely different fight than if you approached the same fight as sorcerers. So, that, there's a lot of replayability with this game, and if they add more DLC, even just a little bit to it, you know, you know me. I bought a $100 version of Persona 5 Royal just to play it again, and I haven't even accessed the DLC part of it yet. Just, just another reason. Just give me a reason to spend my money. It doesn't take much. Honestly, just give me my favorite games and add a little bit more on top. Add some, like, a different type of cheese on top of it, and I'll eat it again. I don't care. Right, right, right. Okay, so let's move on to EA Play then. Uh, this was a really bad event. Like, a really horrible event. Unless you were excited about Skate 4, which I originally had on here, but I really don't... I've never played Skate. Put it on here just because <laughs> other people are excited about it, so... Anyway, Apex Legends is coming to Steam slash Switch this year, and there will be cross-play between the PS4, Xbox One, and Switch versions. 
thought that was worth mentioning. Uh, I think Apex Legends might be the best uh, battle royale right now. It is. Well, everyone loves Warzone. Uh, it's not a bad game. Yeah, but all. I can't see anybody in Warzone, and they just sit like four stories up sniping me. So that's true, my problem unless with it. You're up there. But if you are up there... Ah, usually I die, still. <laughs> because people can see me. Just get sniped in the I face. Mean, uh, I just I can't see anyone in Apex either, so... I just uninstalled I prefer- that game because I play it so little. And every time it updated, it was adding like 20 gigs. It was ridiculous. That's, that's crazy. Uh, for me, it's like Apex Legends, like... For Warzone, I prefer like the city landscape, like that I know. But in Apex Legends, like you have to add the fantasy element to it. I'm like, okay, now everything's on fire. Now there's like there's this is a city, but it's split in half with like a like a tremor and there's lava everywhere. And now I really can't see anyone. <laughs> All right, and then their their most interesting thing they showed off to me was Star Wars Squadrons. This Which was didn't they get leaked? Yeah, it got leaked. I think the week we put the show out, maybe. Either way, it got leaked, and then they were all, they announced it pretty quick. Um, so this is the the next step forward of the spiritual successor to Star Wars Squadron. Um, so yeah, it's basically like a ship. It's all ship battles. Uh, so you're I'm flying not, around X wings, Tie fighters, stuff like that. I'm not gonna lie, I'm kind of into it. It looks really good. Uh, so obviously you got different classes of fighters. You got like your heavy hitter, your fast one, your slow, like you know stuff like that. It balances out, and you can customize a bunch of stuff, including your pilot and all that. And they said there, there's two main modes. There's the dogfight, which is just a pure five v five, like ships out there fighting, and then I think it was like fleet battles, is what they called it. And that's a five v five as well, where you start off with a dogfight, but then like there's also a tug of war where like you'll do a dogfight. And whoever wins that dogfight either gets to go on attack, or if you lost, you get to go on defense, and you're defending bigger ships at that point. And that occasionally, like, as you progress, there's two stages. Like, the, you, there's two smaller big ships, and then there's, like, the big uh, capital ship or whatever in the fleet. And when you destroy the two smaller ships, it'll kick you back to the dogfight, and then you do that to, like, give you a chance to win uh. a dogfight and then possibly attack on your own. So it's kind of like a tug of war like that. So yeah. So the reason they didn't want to remake the original Battlefront Two is because they could split it up into two different games and make more money off of it. Kinda, yeah. Sounds about was... right, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was starting to think, no, that's not possible. And I was like, oh, it's an EA. Like, oh yeah, it's totally no, possible. Everything's possible with EA's greed. Because that just sounds like that dogfighting and and Star Wars Battlefront Two, like the original one, was so fun it was so cool uh, all they needed to do was they were limited by their by their technology of course uh, and that's all they needed they just need like okay we'll make it like 15 v 15 dog fights and have it a fleet battle and it's like okay that's awesome i don't like the 5v5 thing right no one sends out five ships in a fleet <laughs> well i think there's gonna be like other ships like in the like it's gonna make it seem like a big fight but i think they really just want to focus on 5v5 uh there is a story mode however it's being written by the same group that did the battlefront 2 story mode so that doesn't give me a lot of hope because that was not good yeah it's a little gross uh the other two things i had written down about this are 
Um, the whole thing can be played in VR as well. So PSVR, PC can play in VR. Uh, I think as much as I want to play it in VR, I only have the PSVR. I think I'm still going to pick it up on PC just because that future proofs me at some point. Because I will have a PC VR, I assume, at some point in my life. And then I assume this is where most of my friends would probably play it anyway if they pick it up. And people yeah. might be slightly more enticed to pick it up because it's only $40. So they made a big deal about it not launching with microtransactions, but EA launching a game at $40, this bad boy's going to be crawling with them. Yeah, it's true. I mean, even... It, well, they could do it right. They could they can go through the right channels. If it's something like, uh, like ship customization, I'll pay for a couple of things, I guess, if they're cool. If... If they go down the path of the dark side, like they always do, like we know that they always do, they, they're like Loki. Like we know he's gonna betray everyone. We're like Thor. We're like, yeah, you're gonna betray me. So what? That's fine. As long as you keep doing cool stuff, that's okay. But I really hope it's not the case. They could do it right, definitely, and still make a lot of money off of it. But if they screw this up, they're done. We will have to wait and see. Jordan today on. Twitter, I think where they originally posted it. Cellar Door Game showed off a little more Rogue Legacy 2. And it will be entering early access on PC July 23rd. It will cost $20 uh, for the early access version. And then in increments, it will work its way up to $30 when it comes out. So if you buy it early, obviously you won't have the full game. But you will get the full game eventually for cheaper. Uh, I'm excited. I don't understand why this game took so long. Like, with how good the first one was, I would have just made the second one immediately if I were them. Yeah, especially when you had the the luxury of being, like, a forerunner for your franchise became huge later on. Like, it was one of the first roguelites in its time, and it was very good. So I don't understand why people... uh, There's probably some stories behind the scenes for this sort of stuff, but... Yeah, I'm excited for it. That's Rogue Legacy was really cool. It, it put a bunch of features in the game that are pretty much in the genetic code of every other roguelite that came out afterwards. Yep. Very excited. And Jordan, the most important news yeah, of the yeah. week. Crash Bandicoot 4, it's about time. That's the name of the game, not my excitement. So yeah, Crash Bandicoot 4, it's about time was finally announced it is coming october 2nd uh this is your first right this is your number one this is my talk about pokemon this is my my number one and i was about to say we're running a little long this week like i said i think we'll do the top five games we're looking forward to in 2020 revised next week and then i can actually pull our old ones to compare to so at the end of this segment we'll just look through the list quick and give like five i know you already gave us three but give like five games just from the list we've gone through to, that you're excited about so that way we don't have to spend a ton, ton of time yeah uh talking about stuff either way crash bandicoot 4 it's about time it is the spiritual successor to crash one through three so the way it was explained is everything that's happened in crash bandicoot since three is still a thing but in three you had the warp room so basically now crash bandicoot's the multiverse we have our ocarina of time it is Crash Bandicoot 3 Warped. So they're calling it Crash Bandicoot 4 because they are taking inspiration from the first three games, which 
um, Activision redid a couple years ago with the Insane trilogy, and they're they're really putting that thought process into making a new game. So it's not going to be like open world like it's gotten. They want to like they want to focus on making a good platformer, which just has me so excited. They redid the art style a little bit, so the team that is doing Tony Hawk Vicarious Visions made the insane trilogy this is toys for bob which did the spyro remake and the spyro remake was a little more cartoony that's kind of what they're doing with crash but it's not so different like some of the other games did where it's jarring like it's it seems very deliberate and looks very just very pretty i don't know how else to say it um yeah i agree so very exciting like with the Insane Trilogy, you can play as both Crash and Coco. They have the same moveset. But it seems like there's going to be points in the game where you can play as Dr. Neocortex, who is the bad yeah. guy in the game. And he's kind of neat. He plays a little differently. Instead of, like, a double jump, he, like, hovers forward a little bit. And his he's got a gun that can turn, like, enemies into platforms. So very excited about that. I was listening to one of my favorite um, YouTubers when it comes to Crash Bandicoot news, Canadian guy, eh? Go give him some clicks. Um, he had an interview with uh, the director of the game and he asked at the very end of his interview, he's like, is there a chance that a little purple dragon could be in this game somehow? And he's like, everything is a possibility, which just got every Crash Bandicoot fan and Spyro fan hype. So looking forward to that, Jordan. Yeah, it, if anything, if I had to compare the visuals to anything, it would probably be, it, it looks like Mar- like Mario Kart. A little bit. That's the feeling I was getting with some of the stuff that they were showing off. Uh, the newer, the newest one, the deluxe one, it's 60 FPS, and it had like the the same like neon lights and stuff like that. Yeah, it was very pretty. I'm ready. My body is Reggie. Heck so yeah. that is October second. Anyway, Jordan, like I said, we're gonna next topic of the week because we're getting a little long. But before we go, we need to talk about our email if you want to email us any comments questions concerns ideas whatever it is where can you do that jordan you can find us at brotaku moc at gmail.com that is b-r-o-t-a-k-u-m-o-c at g-m-a-i-l dot c-o-m giveaway sorry i've been dragging my feet on this i think we announced this like a month ago this giveaway uh, so we got the giveaway for the Hollow Knight Piano Book, and our winner is Derek Ragsdale. Congratulations, my friend. I will make sure I get that to you fairly quickly. All right, Jordan, that is our show this week. I had fun. Thank you for being here. What do you say? Always, yeah. We go for a walk. Yeah, let's go for a walk. All right. See you guys next week. Bye.